0: Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in 3, 2, 1. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage Ronnie Deaver, CEO of No Bull Marketing. Ronnie, welcome so much to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, and I'm glad to have you on the program. You know, we get a lot of lawyer exclusive marketing agencies that that come on, but you bring some different things to the party. So tell us a little bit about how what No Bull Marketing does might be different from the typical lawyer marketing
1: agencies. Yeah no it's funny you mentioned that I mean at the end of the day we're kind of a dime a dozen there's lots of us nowadays and it was actually you know before I started you know kind of was a thing i realized it was like well how can anybody do this differently and the thing that i realized that anybody can do differently in this is i had yet to meet a uh, marketing firm that was focused primarily on like actually driving real profit like like actually tracking like gross profit and how much money is being made from the efforts that they're putting in, right? And so, the main thing that Noble Marketing was formed on was basically what's like the no, no bull, no BS way that we can go about working with lawyers to help them make more money, right? And so, that started with okay, well, what platforms do we even work with, right? So, we did the tracking, we found it, you know, did data tracking on 200 plus campaigns and discovered there's like two assets that did most of the, you know, heavy lifting. And then we went from there and said, okay, well, but what actually drives money and that's a whole separate conversation on which cases actually make money versus which ones don't but suffice to say the point of what we you know who we are and what we did was basically how could you build a law firm marketing company that focused fully on helping lawyers actually make more money
0: you know, this is really interesting because I'll talk to a lot of clients. In fact, I'm working with someone right now um, and we just got started. We're like two sessions in. Yeah. And her first her first question to me was, look, I'm spending all this money on marketing. I'm, I'm, I've got three or four different services. I'm spending tens of thousands of dollars with these people per year. I don't know what leads I'm getting from these services. Yep. Is that normal for a marketing agency? It seems to me that they should be able to tell me what leads I'm getting from their services.
1: Yeah, so that's a dual issue. I wouldn't be surprised if all three of those services they're working with actually is reporting on that information. But then you have the problem of how do you actually bring all that data into a usable form, right? So this is kind of a a common issue in the era of incredible amounts of data. It's not that the data doesn't exist, but how do you actually make that data useful, right? And so if she's getting three, four, five different reports a month saying, supposedly, you've got this many leads from these sources, right? Well, Which of those leads actually turn into cases? Well, if you haven't synced up that data, the call data, for example, with your MyCase or your Practice Panther or whatever you're using, right? uh, Clio, another one. Then you've got no idea. You have no way to bring it down to this case came from this source, from this lead, from this whatever, right? So is it normal? Yes. Is it solvable? Also, yes. But it definitely takes a very sincere partnership between uh, the uh, business owner themselves and the marketing agency they're working with And it also just takes a little bit of technical acumen and willingness to get that data and kind of give you a bit of an example. I mean, I've got a client now who extensively uses HubSpot, right? Which means every time a new lead comes in, they actually, because they have the diligence on their team, they go through and they mark, hey, this is how much we put a, a retainer out for. Did that retainer close or not? When did it close? And here's the full client journey, right? And so that's tracked, right? And then we also do call tracking. We use CallRail in this example, but I use some other tools as well. We usually use WhatConverts, but this client uses CallRail. And so then all that call data is, of course, also synced with HubSpot, right? Which means we can then see it all the way through.
0: If I could jump in just for the audience that's listening, services like CallRail, what they do is they'll put a different number on your advertisement than what the normal number would be for your law firm. And what that allows them to do is if someone's calling this number, they get forwarded to your firm but they're not dialing your firm's number. Instead, um, that enables the marketing service like CallRail to say, hey, this web page with this number on it resulted in a phone call into your office. And that's a really cool way to track uh, track leads.
1: Sorry, Ronnie, back to you. No, you're good. I'm really glad uh, you actually kind of defined that. I mean, it's incredible what you can do with it. I mean, we have things where I can say, hey, this person came from Google My Business. They clicked through to your website. They went to this blog and then called you and you had a five-minute conversation with them. And if you have it connected properly to your CRM, I can then tell you two days later, that turned into an engagement letter for a divorce law case, right? Which then two days later, you closed for a $4,500 retainer, knowing it's going to be a high litigation case that in two months, you expect another refresh on that uh, retainer, right? So is the data available? Yes. Is it fixable? Yes. Is it normal for most law firms to not really have that data put together and most marketing firms not being able to really bring it all together? Yeah, unfortunately, it's a It's a big project, but it is absolutely doable. And as I was finishing my previous story, I have a client now where it is doable, where I can literally say, I go into HubSpot afterwards and I say, look, these are the ones you say turned into cases. Here are their phone numbers. I throw that straight into the tracking system. And I say, great. this Every single one of these leads, this one came from Google My Business. This one came from Google Ads. This one was a referral. This one was whatever. And I can actually tell you with no unclear certainty, right? just total certainty where every single lead came from and how much money they made. On all those cases, so which asset made which money? But again, only possible if you have the diligence and the team, which I know you you preach on, and actually having the team, <laughs> having the team actually putting that data in on the lawyer side. There's there's only there's, on that side. There's nothing a marketing firm can do. Like if they don't, we don't have the inside knowledge to what's making you money. You, you got to give us that data. But it is possible.
0: And so this becomes very complicated very quickly because now not only <laughs> is the marketing team doing a lot of work, uh, but also now the law firm has to do some work as well. Yeah. Um, what are some of the key challenges that you know that you really help clients solve that they hire you for?
1: Yeah. So to kind of just finish up the tracking thing with like, what do we help people with? So one of the things we do is, um, I don't actually recommend CallRail the tracking service. If you're going to look into a tracking service, I actually recommend What Converts. And we always set up all our clients with that. And the reason we do that is it's really, really good at centralizing, tracking your leads from all sources, not just calls, but also form fills on your website, form fills on ads. You can track live chats. You can even track emails, events. If you can have people purchase things on your websites, you can track that, right? You can bring it all into one single place. And it also has the ability for you to tell us, hey, did this turn into a case? Did it not? How much money did you get on it? How much did you, you know, did it, was it quotable? Did it actually turn into a case, whatever? So we centralized all the data. But um, moving on, like what do we actually do? Uh, as I mentioned, we uh, we actually, before we started, tracked like 200 plus campaigns, um, you know, from other work we've done. And we discovered that in that tracking, using that same software I was just talking about, we discovered about 60 to 80% of all leads could be directly or indirectly attributed specifically to google my business now for anyone who doesn't know google my business if you do a google search for we'll just keep it simple um divorce lawyer near me you'll see a couple things the first thing you'll see is probably a local service ad right which is at the top has an image of a lawyer you might see text ads below that that's your historical standard text ad that just says "ad" on it with text and then immediately below the ads is what you see google my business the map pack the map right you see reviews and the location locally right That is now on top of what used to be the name of the game, organic SEO, right? Your traditional SEO, your website traffic, that's now below Google My Business, right? And so we discovered 60 to 80% of people were coming directly from that map pack, Google My Business, because we're tracking every call, every form fill, every live chat from every source, right? So I mean, I can't screen share right now, but I could show you data on 15 plus different clients where I have that exact thing happening every single time for all types of law. I've tracked it on family, I've tracked it on immigration, business, PI, you name it, I've tracked it. And every single time it was 60-80%. And so we discovered that and we're like 80-20 rule, why would we put effort into anything else that right, right. that isn't generating money, right? Like well, if 60-80% is here, why would I be on Facebook or LinkedIn or Yelp? Like I'm not saying those things can't work, but the volume's here, right? So I'm going to go there. Right, and so we we basically we we put all our effort into Google My Business, and then of course also Google Ads. We did the data about ten percent will come from Google Ads, right? And so we've seen it up to ninety percent of all leads would come straight from Google, right? Whether from ads or from Google My Business. And so basically, what we're saying is like, hey, we'll put all the grunt work and intelligence into Google My Business and Google Ads, and track it and prove it. And we promise that within three months or less, your campaign will be profitable, or we'll work for free for up to three months after that. And if we fail after six months, we actually refund all your money, including ad spend.
0: Why don't you repeat that program promise for our listeners just so they can hear it one more time?
1: Yeah. So if our campaigns are not profitable for you in three months or less, right, I'm going to work for free for up to three more months, so six months total, right? And if I fail after six months, I actually refund not only the management spend you spent on me, but also all of your ad spend you spent on Google.
0: That is fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't, I'll tell you what, the only reason we can do it is because it, it, we never fail. Right. Like <laughs> I, I, I've had some people make it to maybe two months free. I've never had anyone have to make it to three months free. And I've never had to refund anybody because at the end of the day, 60 to 80% of leads come from Google My Business and Google Ads. Right. Like I'm putting, I'm putting the effort where the ROI can be found. Right. And uh, so most of our clients are making 300 to 400% ROI easily within the first three months.
0: Very nice. Very nice. And Google is always doing new things, whether it's to Google My Business or Google Ads or something else. What are some of the things that they're doing now that are are kind of recent innovations?
1: Yeah. So the most kind of updated thing is probably what was known as Performance Max, right? And there's kind of a, a history here that I'll kind of briefly cover. Google has, since the very beginning, been trying to find a way to make Google Ads easier for the layman to use, the person who's not a marketing expert, right? They want somebody to just be able to come in and say, hey, pay me a hundred bucks a month or a thousand bucks a month, and I will get you leads, right? Without having to think about it or set it up at all. The reality of Google ads is Google ads is designed to spend your money. It's not designed to make you money, right? It's designed to spend your money, okay? And so the reason people hire marketing experts like us is we're fighting that war with Google all the time, right? We're going in every single day and saying, hey, I don't wanna pay for that. I don't wanna pay for that. I don't wanna pay for that. So that by the end of it, we get it to pay for the things that actually make us money right but google's like well i don't want to have to have a marketing agency to sell my product and use it i i want people to go direct they want that direct source right and so first they came out with google express ads horrible never worked with those smart ads tech, you know the smart dynamic ads next iteration of it horrible terrible nobody should do it next they came out with local service ads which admittedly are better they're getting closer they're not quite there with local service ads cuz you still have the problem of Well, you're a criminal lawyer, but maybe you decide you don't want to do homicide cases. There's no turning that off. It's just going to go for all criminal because that's the way it works. It's an automated system. You've got no way to kind of give it that dynamic information about what you do. Another example, if you're an immigration lawyer, but you don't do deportations or asylum, you can't filter that. You're going to pay for those leads anyways, right? And so they try again, they made it automated a little bit better. This time it actually generates leads. Google Express, horrible. You'd get random calls of people saying, I need a lawyer for social security help. And you're like a PI PI lawyer, right? Like it would make no (laughs) sense, right? Google Express, horrible. Local service ads, admittedly, maybe neutral or better. Performance max is kind of that next attempt. And what they're doing is instead of just having local service ads, they're expanding that and saying, hey, we're going to do automated ads on Gmail, on YouTube, on Google ads on display, and they're just trying to say, how can we get all of our ad platforms, right? All of them into one comprehensive campaign with a very simple automated setup. Personally, I still don't recommend it, especially if you're not working with a marketing expert, just because again, the platform's designed to take your money, not make you money. And you need somebody, if not you, somebody going in there and saying, hey, Google, don't spend my money on this. For example, immigration lawyer, don't spend my money on deportation. Don't spend my money on people typing in pro bono. Don't spend my money on people saying free or cheap or legal aid. Don't spend my money on 500 other things that I don't want you to spend my money on. Right. Right. Um, so I don't recommend even it's really cool what performance max could be, but I wouldn't do it on your own. And I would, unless you're willing to put the grunt work in to go there and tell Google, don't spend my money in the myriad of ways they're going to try to spend your money.
0: Got it. I think that's great. It's a marketing agency that actually tries and saves people money, and most most good um, Google partners will try and do that. It's so much better than trying to do it d- to do it on their own as a law firm owner. God knows yeah. they have enough other things to deal with. <laughs>
1: <laughs> much, I mean, it's a full time job. I mean, because because Google's dumb. Like it's like it's a computer, right? Like computers are smart, but they're also really dumb. You have to give them very very clear commands. For example, saying I don't want to pay for uh, cheap is not the same as, uh, I don't want to pay for the word cheaper or cheaps or any other variation of the word cheap. right? It, it only knows that one word. So you've got to give it every 100 different variations of that word. Yeah. It, it it has no inferencing ability and no intelligence. Um, so it's a lot of work. It is. It
0: is. And that, and that by the way, is, is a reason why oftentimes firms take a little bit of time to dial in the Google ads because they have to go through that exclusion of keywords. Yep. Um, and it just, it just takes some time. Um, Fortunately, you, know, one course- you
1: can speed that up with an agency because they've done so many campaigns, right? Like nowadays, you know, when I start a campaign, I get to start it with 500 plus negative keywords, right? Because I've just ran enough campaigns.
0: Right. Right. And so Ronnie, I, I get this question a lot from clients. Um, and I usually refer them to others and I'll ask you this question too. And I'm, Cause I'm sure you get it as well. With the question is, so how much should I be spending on Google?
1: Yeah. So that that question for me kind of comes into two parts. Um, There's one which is Google for me is kind of two main divisions. Well, I really should say three main divisions. Google ads, Google my business, add then traditional SEO, right? And so that's like traditional SEO, meaning like things that get you website traffic, right? What people used to say, I want to rank number one and they get website traffic. Okay. I'll start from the bottom and work my way up. For traditional SEO, I honestly, I say don't spend any money on it. Anybody who says I'm going to get your rank one, I'm going to increase your website traffic, all that, I think it's dead. I think it's gone. I think it's done. First of all, Justia, Fine Law, Super Lawyers, all the big boys are spending millions of dollars a year to outrank you. You're not going to beat them, right? And even if you did, here's the data that killed it for me. When I realized that, hey, you put all that effort in, that money, maybe you spent $2,000 a month, and now you get 1,000 people a month to your website. That's awesome. 1,000 people. That sounds amazing, right? But then you realize only 3% of those ever call you, right? So you put all that effort in monthly for a year to two years sometimes, and you're only looking at 30 calls a month, right? And you just spent $24,000 over the last year, probably over two years, $48,000. You'd be hard pressed to make that number of calls profitable, right? Because there's only a 3% conversion rate. So for me, I'm like, hey, that realm, like if you're big enough where you can just spend money on it and not see it for two, three years, great, go for it. If you need any kind of reasonable ROI in the next three to six months, maybe twelve months max, don't do that, right? Caveat there is that some of the work you do on on local SEO, sorry, on traditional SEO actually does have help for Google My Business, which we'll cover next. But again, I wouldn't run traditional kind of SEO campaigns explicitly for the purpose of getting website traffic. So that's out. The thing I do put is to suggest putting effort in, whether you pay a team like me, or you pay uh, an assistant or a virtual assistant, whatever you've got, an, an internal team member, put some serious effort and money and investment into your Google My Business profile, right? And the reason I say that is mo- a lot's changed in the last like 5, 10 years. Used to be the profile was set and forget, right? You'd log in, you put your information in, you get some reviews every now and then and you never think about it again, right? But nowadays... Google wants something different. They want you to put the effort in, right? Nowadays, you can make posts, you can upload photos, you can add questions and answers, you can get reviews, you can respond to reviews, you can add hundreds of products, hundreds of services. Like you can you can really fill this guy out and you can put effort in consistently month over month. And we go back to what I said earlier, hey, right now, 60 to 80%, probably for anybody that to this right now, I almost guarantee that your leads, if I were to set up tracking right now, 60 to 80% of the leads you're currently getting can probably be attributed to Google my business. Even if you don't have that strong prefer- presence just because it's it's just that it's just that profound. I mean, think about it. I mean, where do people go the first thing they do when they say I need a lawyer, right? And they don't have one. They're just going to google it. They're going to type it in, right? You you say so you need to show up there. And so Google my business is where I'd put the majority of your effort and whether that's your personal effort, your money and investment and others hiring a person like me, go there before you ever go to Google Ads right? Because the bulk is still in Google My Business. Okay. So I'd say start there. Usually what that's going to cost if you're paying somebody outsourced is somewhere like, I mean, you can get it done for fairly cheap, but the guys who are going to do it well are going to be like $1,500 a month. Right. And so that's kind of the effort I'd expect to go in and say, Hey, every month, new photos, new posts, new questions and answers, systems to get reviews, systems to respond to reviews, really filling out all the services and products and just doing all the grunt work you can on the profile. Right. And so our campaigns, using my own self as a reference, start at $14.97 a month just for that. Now, for those of you who are going to do Google Ads, which again, I recommend is the next step, because again, why would you do Facebook Ads where you're trying to convince somebody they need a lawyer when they don't know they need one? Why would you go somewhere that they don't know they need a lawyer? Go to the next best thing, which is, hey, pay for the people who've already raised their hand and literally yelled, I need a lawyer right now, right? Go to those guys. And now the minimum budget there on Google Ads is like $1,000 an ad, right? But you're always gonna if you're gonna pay for an expert, which again I highly recommend because it is so much a game of fighting Google to not spend your money. You're gonna be looking at maybe a thousand dollars a month in management, right? So you know that can and that percentage of you know management fee versus um, ad spend is gonna change depending on how much you're spending, right? Because just as much work is required even on a smaller budget as it is for a higher budget of ad spend, and so you can get a cheaper cheaper management fee by spending more money on Google ads because the work doesn't scale up that much. Right? Uh, So anyways, for us, you know, a combined campaign of Google My Business and Google ads starts at about $24.97 a month. That's the management fee portion. And we require a minimum, depending on your market, $1,000 a month in Google ad spend, sometimes $2,000 for like criminal and personal injury where it's a little bit more expensive. right? But what we typically see is, on average, for every 500 to 750 bucks you spend, you're going to get at least one case. It's paying out three to five thousand dollars, right? So the number the numbers can work out pretty quickly.
0: It's a really good ROI, and so that brings me to the next question. You talk about getting a case from a lead, and uh, this is the interesting part: is the marketing agency can be doing their job. Uh, Lots of leads can be coming through the door. But those leads just kind of sit there if the attorney and their team is not able to follow up and do a quick uh, intake. Brutal. You know, really good business development, have a good consultation. Uh, um, how do you deal with that when you're uh when you're working with your clients?
1: Yeah. So the, the main thing I do is I hold them accountable, you know, like I have that guarantee in place, but I, I I do put stipulations on it, right? I say, look, man, you gotta do your job. If you're not willing to answer the phone, if you don't follow up with these leads, like at least two or three times, right, when they come on the door, like I, I can't help you. Right is a reality, you know. So a lot of that is just accountability. Things like, look, I'm gonna do my part. I promise I'll do my part. I'll do the grunt work, and I promise that I believe in these systems. And that, hey, if this isn't working and you did your job, I'll do this for free, right? But I do need you to do your job. You need to have a sales process in place, and you need to have people who actually like you. So, for example, if you if you get all negative reviews, I can't help you. I can't help you if you got a two star review because people hate you, right? Like, I'm sorry, that's a different problem. I can't solve that now. If you're in that situation where like, hey, you're really bad at sales, you know, we do offer sales training and we have sales systems that we offer to people where we make it a lot easier. right? So we had a client once um, where we set up with them my case and they had a lead system that we set up where they get a new lead that was set up through Calendly. It was basically auto booked. Then it was thrown into the system. And then automatically they'd be followed up with a couple of times up until the day they had the consultation. And then automatically they'd be followed up up to a month later after they did the consultation, asking them to close and follow through. Right. And so we can set up those systems. And I also, in this case, also trained them on how to do better consultations because oh I don't know if we have time to talk about it, but I'm telling you, most lawyers are <laughs> really bad salespeople, like really, really bad salespeople. And uh there's a skill and our to uh, learn. Them. Ronnie, we
0: don't we don't mention salespeople in the podcast or sales. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. No, but um, your job
1: is sales. You don't got a business if you don't make sales. No, like, I I totally agree.
0: Um, but it, it is interesting is because uh, we've seen this quite a bit. Well, we have clients and one of the first things we do if they're trying to build their book is we have them track their leads because yep. oftentimes they don't have a system in place yet. And yep. it's amazing you know, when you're starting to look at the outcomes of those leads, how many of them end up, oh, they said they would call me back. And I never and, called them back. Again. You know, that's just <laughs> usually if a client says, I'm going to call you back, it's usually a no. They just yeah. don't want to tell you no. And so there's a lot of things you can do just by investing in some business development training for yourself to really improve that client conversion rate. Because what that will do is it will make your marketing so much more efficient. Because now instead of going through 20 leads to get one yeah. client, maybe you only have to go through 10 leads to get a client. Or maybe you're kind of knocking it out of the park and maybe at one out of every three turns into a client,
1: right? That's what yeah. you really want. That's the goal, right? I want everybody to be at about 30%. I mean, the lowest we work with is like 15%. Um, below that, I, I just I had a guy once that was like three percent. And I was like, look, man, I, I can't help you. Like I, I want I, I'm gonna do my best by you, but three percent. If I gotta generate 30 leads to get one client, we're not gonna get very far together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just
0: not, it's just not efficient. So um, that's another thing, by the way, that you can work on is you can work on, you know, with someone like Ronnie on your marketing lead generation off of Google. And then also being, um, you know, just working on your business development skills, so that you are much better actually closing that client and having that client sign your fee agreement. It's going to make your marketing all, you know, really efficient. And It can actually be fun. That's the thing. It's not, it doesn't have to be, you know, smarmy and and really sleazy and unethical. No, no, we're talking about ethical, high class clients will thank you whether they sign up with you or not, right? That's the once goal. you
1: know how to do good sales, and I'm sure you've got training on this, but once you know how to do sales, sales is just fun, you know, like it, it can actually just be like non-stressful. You you hold your own. I mean most of the time what i find sales is an emotional challenge you know there's a lot of different individual emotions people need to get through based on their past as it relates to sales and like as you said swarmy negative whatever but like once you can find that like sales is a like if you really think about it like if you actually think that you're the best service to help somebody solve their problem then in in a, in, a, in a weird way you're kind of ethically required to help sell them on your service because yeah. if you actually believe you're that good and you're going to be the best because here's what's going to happen. If you don't do a good job selling them, they're going to go hire somebody else. and if you think you're the better service, they're going to go hire a worse service. So you're doing them a disservice by refusing to be good at sales because you're going to let them go hire somebody else who just has to be better at sales, but it's going to do a better a, a worse job on the actual you know delivery of service. But you know, you you weren't willing to sell them. So I, I think we have an ethical requirement almost uh, if we think we're that good of a service to actually do good at sales.
0: Yeah, exactly. And sales does not have to be high pressure or anything like that. It's having a conversation and establishing a relationship and showing how you can solve their problem.
1: Yeah. And then it's just... Yeah, if you want, just, I don't know if we have the time, but I've got like a, a two-minute aside we can go through. and cover it some other time on a quick little framework I think people will find valuable. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's do it. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Basically, uh, what I would to recommend, the biggest mistake lawyers make, and then kind of give you a framework here that I think changes most people's lawyers' kind of perspective on sales, is that any sales call can fundamentally be broken down into three specific stages, okay? There's the hell stage, there's the heaven stage, and there's the bridge stage, all right? These are the only three stages that matter. And I'll sum them up real quick. Hell is obvious. It's exactly what you think it is. Hell is when you talk about, you have the client talk about how awful their life is, their current situation they're in, how much it sucks to get divorced, all the different problems they have, how terrible their spouse is, how bad it is to be in this criminal state, how unhappy they are. There's an endless amount of that, right? So hell is obvious. Heaven is less obvious. It's the bit that most lawyers are the worst at getting clients to talk about. Heaven is getting the clients to talk about where they want to be what they want their life to look like in 12 months, what they want, what they are going for, not what you're guaranteeing that you deliver. So for example, if you're a family lawyer, you can't guarantee that 12 months from now, they're gonna get to keep the house, but you can still talk to them about the fact that they want the house, right? And that they want this particular financial situation. Okay. So you talk to people about heaven and I'll come back to that in a minute. And then finally, The bridge, all right? The bridge is effectively just your service, which is the legal services, right? You're a lawyer, you have a service. If you're a family lawyer, for example, you have a family law service, you help them go to court, you file the documents, that's the service, right? That's the bridge. Now, here's the thing. Nobody cares about your bridge, nobody. Nobody wants to buy your bridge. Nobody cares, because here's the reality. They're in hell right now, and they want to get to heaven. They're very happy to pay for a bridge that gets them to heaven, because they want to get to heaven. They don't want to buy a bridge that goes to who knows where, right? Nobody cares, right? They're like, There's just a bridge. I mean, yeah, you're a lawyer. Sweet. But where am I going? And so what most lawyers do, here's one of the most common scenarios. They get in that call, they let the client rant for 20 minutes about their hell. And at the end of the call, they quickly say, well, okay, well, I hear your hell. I can definitely help you with that while having spent no time talking about heaven. And they say, here's a bridge. Do you want to buy that bridge? And the person ends the call, well, let me call you back, as you said, right? Because they're like, well, they're not. that's not what they're here to buy. They're not here to buy a lawyer. They don't care how many accolades you have and how many years you've been in business. And they don't care about that. They're not buying a bridge. They want to get to somewhere, right? And so most lawyers end that call having only talked about heaven for 20 minutes and then five minutes of the bridge and then are confused when nobody signs up, right? And so the only fix you need to put in place will make a huge difference is control the call in the beginning, only let them talk about hell for maybe five minutes max, right? And then as quickly as possible, Transition and getting them to envision heaven. Get them to talk about where they want to go, what their goals are, what they want their life to look like 12 months from now. Right. And again, you're not guaranteeing or promising these results, but you can get them to talk about it. Right. And then when you present the bridge, what you're saying is you're saying, Hey, I understand your hell. You repeat it back to them, what they described. And I understand that you want to get to this goal, heaven. Right. Here's the bridge, i.e., the service that I think that's most likely, again, most likely to help you reach that heaven. Do you want to spend $5,000, $10,000 to get to heaven? And you can see how that's a very different question. Do you want to spend $10,000 on a bridge or do you want to spend $10,000 to get to heaven, right? And again, for all the people screaming, but you can't guarantee results, I can't promise. I know, again, you can say it in a million different ways where you guarantee that you're (laughs) not promising this, disclaimer, I'm not promising this, but you can say, I understand your goal and it, for $10,000, I'm going to work my butt off to make that goal as a reality if I can. Right? There's a bunch of different ways you can say that. But regardless, get people into the mindset that they're paying money to get to heaven, and you're going to double your close rate with just that framework alone.
0: Yep, Interesting framework. I, I like a lot of elements of it. We take something similar. Um, we add a few other things into it as well. And one of the key questions that, that we teach people to ask that builds right into your model is, you know, and there's two ways of asking the question. One is what does success look like? Yeah. yeah. The other is what, what outcome do you like... want?
1: Ah, It's, right? beautiful. it's, not, about,
0: it's <laughs> not about success. It's just about an outcome, right? What do you yeah. actually want out of this? Um, yeah. And that really gets them going and really gets them um, talking about the result that they actually want. And then you can have a really good conversation around that. Changes the game. I love it. Yeah. You're already doing the same thing. It totally does. So Ronnie, last thing here, uh, going back to marketing, when this is working really well, what impact does it have on the time that the attorney spends in business development and marketing?
1: Yeah. So if all things go well, I try to set up my system such that uh, the lawyer has to do almost nothing. Uh, and the reason I do that is because I know you guys got better things to do, right? You've got better things to do in business development, get better things to do in operations, you got better things to do in taking a vacation, Right. And so one of the things we do is we've really designed our program so that they don't have to do anything. So for example, we actually hire JD holders, right? People who went to law school to write our articles or write our questions and answers and like, make sure that somebody who actually knows the law and can reference the law is doing all of our writing, right? Why do we do that? Well, because I've had, I've had it before where lawyers like, well, this looks like somebody who doesn't understand the law wrote this, right? Well, Yeah, I don't. I don't want you to have to edit my posts, right? I don't want you to have to edit the work I'm doing, right? Like I, I put the systems in place such that this minimizes the work they need. Some other things is we put automations in place such that asking for reviews is as simple as adding a name and a phone number to a spreadsheet, right? We set up automations such that if if somebody in your team misses a call, we automatically notify that team member that they need to call that person back, right? And we automatically text that person who called and said, hey we'll call you back soon so we can get as much of that money as we can, right? Get, get every opportunity we can. Don't miss anything, right? But we put these automations and these systems in place such that as much as possible, a lawyer has to do very, very little and the team can do as much of the work as possible and that we give them as much of their free time back as possible while, of course, doing everything we can to collect. If you think about it like gold, sifting for gold, our job is to make sure we have the best sift possible to get as many of those nuggets into your business as possible. Right. And that's, that's what a we're great
0: analogy. I, I love that. I love that
1: you you actually
0: are able to automate a lot of this. And you mentioned oh, yeah. the law firm has to do some things too. So attorneys, if you are interested in outsourcing a lot of this marketing to your team, you need to have the right person in place you know, or a virtual assistant. Um, and get staffed up as a sponsor of this program. I'm really excited to have them as a sponsor for this program because we're completely aligned. I just got back, I was telling Ronnie, I got back um, you know, on July 1st after taking a month off. It feels great to be back, but the reason I was able to do that is because I have a rock star team that can handle the day-to-day. So I don't need to do it. And that is what Get Staffed Up can do. It's founded by attorneys, for attorneys. They're actually their own client, Brett Trembley, who owns a ten attorney, sorry, an eleven attorney firm, has been on the been on the show before, and he uses Get Staffed Up in his own firm. So, if you're interested in freeing up your time, you can check them out at GetStaffedUp.com. They can have someone come in and help out uh, on your marketing, potentially partnering with Ronnie and his services. So, Ronnie, thanks you again for being on the show. If people want to reach out to you, and I certainly hope they do, what is the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah. The easiest way is to just uh, give me an email. That's R as in Roger, D as in dog, E A V as in Victor, E-R at No B-U-L-L, B-U-L-L marketing.co. I don't yet have the dot .com. It's a uh, coming soon. Uh, r d at marketing.co, Or you're welcome to reach out by the website. You can schedule a consultation uh, directly with me, our strategy session, where we can go through and we can see, hey, man, can we make this work for you? And with our guarantee in place, at the end of the day, I don't take on clients I can't help make money. I, I, all the time, I turn down clients where I'm like, hey, you're, I, I am so not incentivized to take your money if I can't make you money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it. Like, I'm going to tell you very quickly, like, hey, I think I can make you money. Or hey, I need you to do this before we can make you money. But either way, you're covered by the three-month profit guarantee. And I'd love to hear from you.
0: Ronnie, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and being a guest on Lawyer Business Advantage. Thank you. I had a great time. Everyone, that's Ronnie Deaver, CEO of No Bull, as in the Cow Marketing. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you, so connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember... You can seize freedom, you can embrace happiness, you can build your perfect practice.